Good morning, church. And Pastor Hez, one of the elders here, uh, if you would, I ask that you would pray with me this morning. God, you are good. You're worthy and your word is so good. I pray, Lord, that you would fill me now with your spirit. That you might take this simple word and make it live. That you would make it live in the hearts of your people. That it would draw them closer to you and your loving grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church. I'm glad to be before you once again as we jump back into our study this morning in the book of Galatians. And just to give a, a quick recap from last time, church, we learned that, that Paul is writing this letter as a means of, of defending the gospel message that he preached, and also as a means of, of defending his call as an apostle. And he is defending these things, church, because these things have been challenged. They have been challenged by a group of men who most scholars believe are Jewish believers. Those who say that they believe that, that Jesus was the Messiah and claimed to be following him, but who also believed that in order to be accepted into fellowship or into the, the Christian community that one must become a Jew and follow Jewish ways in order to truly be included into the kingdom of God and to receive the promises of God. A belief church that goes against the very gospel that Paul preached, which is the true gospel as he preached this gospel to both Gentiles and Jews, that, that it, is, it is by faith that one is included. Faith, church, not, not just in who Jesus was, but also faith in what he has accomplished on their behalf. And so because of that, these men have accused Paul of giving a partial gospel. They accused him of being this sort of rogue teacher who is relaxing certain requirements as a means of, of people-pleasing for, for the purpose of acceptance and, and adding to his number. And so last time we began church by, by looking at the, the introduction to this letter, his introduction which stands as sort of a synopsis, a, a short synopsis of the letter as a whole as Paul reminds these churches that the gospel message is a message of grace, in which grace, church, has come to us through Christ as he gave himself to free them from their sins and deliver them from the present evil age. Paul says, and all of this was the Father's will who sent him. And it's from this short synopsis, church, that Paul begins to work out his thesis as he expounds on it throughout the letter of which we will begin to work through today. 
But before we jump into the text, before we jump back into the letter, I must also mention, church, that, that Galatians is considered one of, one of Paul's most fiery letters. As Paul uh, addressed these churches, he, he expresses great disappointment and frustration. His, his words, church, is explosive and direct as he holds nothing back. He speaks to them with great concern and urgency. In fact, we will see today, church, that from the outset of this letter, immediately after the first five verses, Paul, with great fire, addresses the truth of the gospel. An approach that is unusual for Paul, as most of his letters, church, goes from the opening to then prayer and thanksgiving. But Paul's explosiveness and, and his unorthodox approach in this letter just jumps off the page. And as I began to study it, it quickly got the wheels of my mind spinning. As I began and was left asking, why? Why is it that Paul is so fired up? Why does his approach in this letter feel so sharp and direct? What is truly going on in Galatia that makes Paul's approach in this letter different from even his approach to the letter to the Corinthian church, who we all know was all jacked up? In other words, what I'm asking, church, is how did we get here? How did we get to the writing of this letter? That's the first question that I would like to try to answer this morning. And so I'm going to ask, church, that you, that you bear with me, as I know many of you like to jump straight into the text. But if we could spend a little time this morning trying to understand who these churches were and how they came to believe in the first place and then how they got Paul so fired up to where his words cut like a knife. And so as we begin to understand who these churches were, church, the first thing that I must point out is that Galatia is not a city like most of the places where Paul wrote to. But it is a large region, a region that has many cities in it, cities that Paul and Barnabas traveled to during their missionary journeys. And it was during their, their first missionary journey, church, as that they went to many of the cities in the southern part of this region. And it was during the second and third where they then went to the northern region. Because Paul didn't mention which cities uh, that, that he is writing to, it has left scholars kind of split about which cities they believe he's writing to, which has left a question about who is this that Paul is writing this letter to. Though this divide does not change the content of the message of the letter, it does make things a little weird when you try to figure out who these people were. And though I don't normally make things like this uh, a point in my sermon, church, I bring it up today because I think it's helpful for us. 
as we look at Paul's missionary journeys in the book of Acts to get a better understanding of how we got here. And so I'm going to tip my hat. Yes, I believe that he was, he was reaching out to the, the southern part of Galatia, and that is going to be obvious as I go to Acts 13 and 14, where his, his first missionary journey begins. As we try to put together this story of who Paul was writing to and how they came to believe. And so what we find in Acts 13, church, is, is the beginning of Paul's missionary ministry. As, 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 uh, as we see beginning in verse 2, how Paul and Barnabas were sent out. It says, while they was worshiping the Lord and fasting... The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Saul is Paul, in case you didn't know. It says, then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And so just to to point out a few things here that I think is important for us to notice is that Paul and and Barnabas uh, going to Galatia was was not an idea of their own church. It was not an idea of the church or the leaders in in Antioch, but it says that while they was worshiping and fasting as they were uh, 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 seeking the Lord, that the Lord then opened up a door to go to Galatia, as it says that the Holy Spirit told them, and set them apart to go to do the work in uh, Galatia. And just something to know about Antioch real quick, is that it was a place that saw a great move of God as well, where there was many who believed, both Jew and Gentile. And so as this this fasting and worshiping is going on. I want you to know that it's, it's Jews and Gentiles together who is experiencing this. And so as this word comes, it is, it is heard by the church to where they all came in agreement with it. And all the leaders of this church laid hands on them and sent them out. And Luke wants to to make sure that you know who sent them out because he comes back again in verse four and he says, so being it sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And then they traveled to Cyprus, uh, from Cyprus to Salamis and from Salamis to Perga, eventually finding themselves in Pisidia, which is the region of Galatia. And it says in verse 14 that when they, when they arrived in Antioch of Pisidia, that it was the Sabbath day. And so they went into the synagogue and they were, they were invited by the leaders to speak church. And so Paul sees this as an opportunity to, to preach the gospel. And so he decides to share the gospel with these Jews. But he doesn't just go in their church and, and say that, that Jesus saved them and then, and then moved on. But he lays out a historical narrative of what God has done and how how Jesus is the promised one to come through Israel, showing how he was the seed of Abraham to come through the lineage of David. And then he says this in verse 38. He says, 
Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by him, everyone who believe is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. And so this is, this is Paul's message, church. The message that he preached not only to Jews, but also to Gentiles, a message that says that Christ has freed all who believe in him, freed them from everything that the, the law exposed in them but could not free them from. And it said that as they, they went out, the people begged them. They said, please come back and tell us more about this Jesus on the next Sabbath. And so they did. And on the next Sabbath... Paul and Barnabas, uh, er, oh, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead of myself. Before next Sabbath, Paul and Barnabas urged them to, to follow in the grace of God. I didn't, want, I didn't want to leave that out because it's important as we get in Galatians. The grace of God that has come to them through the gospel of Christ. And then it says in verse 44 that on the next Sabbath, Almost the whole city then came out and gathered. But when the Jewish leaders saw the large crowds, it says that they were filled with jealousy. And then they began to contradict what was spoken by Paul. And in verse 46, it says, And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles, for so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, this isn't in my notes, but I just want to uh, remind you of the sermon from last week, that Jesus has called the, the believers to, to go out to take this gospel to all people. And this is what is happening in this very moment as Paul and Barnabas goes to Galatia. And it says in verse 48, And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life, believed. And so this is the beginning of the gospel going to Galatia, where not only did Jews and proselytes believe, but also Gentiles. And it said that the word was spreading throughout the whole region, stirring up whole cities, drawing great attention to it, so much that it was leading to the, the leaders of those cities, Jewish leaders and Gentiles coming together to persecute them and, and push them out of the city as they have interrupted the very social structure of the city. A social structure, church in which Jews and Gentiles tolerated each other but remained segregated. And so Paul and Barnabas is going into these segregated areas and they're calling everyone to Christ and telling them to come together because they have now become one people and one family. And then they're forced out. And so it says that Paul 
and Barnabas then shook the dust off their feet. And then they went to Iconium, which is another city. And it says in chapter 14 that, that once they got there, they did the same thing and they preached the message. And it says they preached it in a way where Jews and Gentiles believed. Once again, the Jews stirred up a crowd. And it says that they tried to poison the minds against the Christian brothers. And so because of that, in verse 3, it says that Paul and Barnabas said, okay, well, here, we're going to stay for a long time. <laughs> Speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. And so now it's not just a message preached, but now they're also seeing signs and wonders accompanying it. Doesn't it sound much like when Jesus went into the different cities? And in verse 4, it says that once again, the city became divided. Some sided with the Jews and others sided with the apostles or the messengers being Paul and Barnabas. And because of this disagreements, once again, they had to flee. And then they go to another city. Uh, I forgot where it is. No, I didn't. Lystra and Derby. And it says that while he was preaching in Lystra, there was a, a crippled man who was listening. And as he listened to this gospel message, he was healed. And the people thought that Paul and Barnabas were gods to where they began making sacrifices and worshiping them. And it says that they tore their clothes and then they told him, no, no, we're not God. But let us tell you about a true and living God who has come and sent this message to free you. But once again, Jews came. And this time they persuaded the crowds to stone them. So once again, they left and they went to Derby, where many once again hear the gospel and believed. And after they, they reached Derby, it says that they then turned around and went back to all of the cities and strengthened them and put elders in place and encouraged them to continue in the faith. And then they, they sailed back to Antioch. And it says that they brought the church together who was in Antioch, and, and they told him about all that God had done in this, this region of Galatia. And it says that they remained there for some time, and while they were there, it says in chapter 15 that, that some men came down from Judea, as it seems that they got word about their missionary journey and what they were doing and what was going on in Galatia. And hearing about how they stirred up the social structure and, all, and also was, was calling for Jews and Gentiles to worship together and follow Christ together without calling for the Gentiles to proselytize, to follow Jewish ways. And so these men, they come from Judea to Antioch as a means to come and sort of rebuke Paul and Barnabas. And they find themselves in a debate, which eventually then leads to the Jewish council, where they, where they take care of all of these matters. But before Paul and Barnabas traveled to Jerusalem for that council, many scholars believe that 
that Paul and Barnabas gets word that these men have also gone through the region of Galatia where they traveled. And they have been convincing the believers there that that Paul is a false apostle and have been teaching this half gospel. And many of them began to believe the words of these men. Many of them had began to compromise everything that they taught them as these men were convincing them that unless they, uh, the Gentiles were to get circumcised and, and take on these Jewish ways, that they should not be fellowshipping together. And so you can imagine, church, that as Paul is hearing this, after debating these men and, and getting ready to go up to this Jerusalem council to make his, his case, he, he gets this news and he is irate. Paul can't believe what he is hearing, church, and, and he is astonished that they have shifted from the truth. Therefore, he says in chapter 1, of verse 6 of Galatians, I'm astonished. He says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Paul cannot believe that after all that they had seen and heard, after all they had experienced, after all the joy and the the celebration, after all of the signs and wonders, after hearing about a God that loved them, church, and desired to be with them so much that he sent his son to them, and his son, because of his great love for us and the Father, gave himself that we would be freed from the curse of slavery and sin, delivering them from the bondage and enslavement of the evil age, after hearing about all of that, they have deserted it. After hearing, church, that they have become heirs and inheritors of the promises of God's kingdom, those who have been brought into relationship with him. Paul says, after all of that, how is it that you have allowed yourself to be swayed to something else? Swayed, church, by men who, who, who came on their own account preaching a message of bondage rather than a message of freedom that you heard and received with gladness. Paul says, I am astonished. He says, I can't believe that you would desert the one who called you and turn to another gospel. He says, not that there is another one, but there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Paul says, let me make some things extremely clear. First of all, he says, I want to make clear that this is not about me. Before I even deal with what is being said about me, let me make first clear uh, what you have truly done. Before I even deal with our relationship, church, let me make sure that you know what relationship you have truly abandoned as you have compromised the word of God. He says you have abandoned the one who called you by his grace, 
Paul says, let me remind you of who I was appointed by and whose message you have allowed yourself to be swayed from. Paul wants them to know that he was simply a messenger who was obediently following the call of the Holy Spirit who told him and Barnabas to take this message to these very people. A message that was brought to both Jew and Gentile explaining how God through the work of Christ have called all who believe to come to him freely. A message that says that, that the veil was torn as he bore the, the penalty for their sins. He has washed them with his blood, making them clean and have delivered them from the evil age and the evil one. He has invited them saying, come all who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and find rest in me and, and out in my relationship with you. As he has made all of them part of his kingdom community, Paul says, I want you to know that this is who you are deserting. This is who you have abandoned. And this is what you have compromised. And you have done all of this to follow men who have led you to another gospel of their own in which is not even a gospel at all, but a distortion of the gospel. Paul says, I'm astonished. He says, I brought you a message of Christ and you have turned your back on that message to enter back into a life of slavery. Paul says, where's the good news in that? Where is it? You have given yourself over to a way in which you will continually try to make yourself righteous only to realize in the end that you can't. Why would you let anyone convince you of such a thing? When I was just with you, breaking it all down, line by line, where you enjoyed uh, the joy of the Lord together, and you've allowed Satan to come in and, and distort your mind, swaying you away from the truth as he is the very one that wants you to go back. He wants you back in the evil age so that then he can control you, church. He wants you to believe that your traditions and, and cultural customs are greater than the gospel and that those are the things that, that is important. They're the things that make you righteous. He wants you back under the curse of the evil age where he is in control and he can manipulate your mind and your heart where your only hope was a strict dependence on the law, where there was no freedom, no joy, but only a constant reminder of your enslavement to sin, where the curtain has been sewed back up and you're separated from God who gave you everything to be with you. Paul is saying, this is what you have been enticed to. You have rejected everything that God has accomplished and did for you through Christ. Rejecting his greatest act of love. As grace came to you in the form of a man. The very one who suffered and died for your freedom. Paul said, this is who you have deserted. 
as you have turned away from the true testimony about him and has deserted his invitation to be with him. And so let me ask you this morning, what voices have swayed you? Have any of you been enticed to believe something other than this glorious gospel? To believe that Christ has not accomplished everything on your behalf. To believe that you have not heard the whole story, that the, the whole story haven't been told. But that something has been kept from you, believing that the gospel that you heard was not the truth and the whole truth. But that you must do and know something else that you must follow some other custom or way? Have you been enticed to believe that this is some westernized, hegemonic understanding of the gospel? Or that the idea of a, a truly diverse community is some, some woke idea that God never desired for his people? Have you believed that? Have you been enticed? To believe that our cultural customs are greater than the freedom in Christ that has brought us together as one family church. Or to believe that our political expressions is, is our central means of theology. That constantly want to divide us rather than, than bring us together and that it should take precedence over our call to be of the same mind sharing in the, the very unity of Christ. Have you been enticed? Have you been enticed to be loved and accepted by the world? Enticed to believe that your sinful passions of lust is worth chasing more than the Christ who is giving you life. He gave you life when your sorry soul was walking around dead in sin. Have you been enticed to desert him and his love for your desires? Paul wants you to know today, church, that if you have truly heard his gospel, if you have truly received it, know that it, it didn't come from no westernized understanding. It didn't, it, it didn't come for some woke idea, church. It came by way of the Holy Spirit. I don't care who gave it to you. The truth is the truth, and the Holy Spirit is the only revealer of it, church. Therefore, if you're enticed to any other way to be swayed from this truth, know who you're turning your back on. It's not white people. It's not black people. It's not straight. It's not, it's not anything. It's God. It's the Holy Spirit. Know that. Know it, church. And Paul says, know also that those who have swayed you will literally have hell to pay. In fact, he says in verse 8, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. 
He says, as we have said before, now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one that you have received, let him be accursed. Paul says, look, I don't care who it is. He says, I don't care if it's an angel. I don't care if it's me, Peter, Luke, Clint, Hez, BT. He says, I don't care if anyone should preach a gospel contrary to the gospel that is right here in this text that I brought to you by way of the Holy Spirit. He says, let him be accursed. He says, let him be separated from God and devoted to destruction. Paul says, let him come under a divine curse and ban from the kingdom of God. Paul says there is no exceptions, no exclusions. He doesn't care who it is. If he preaches anything that mars the beauty of Christ and his gospel and what he has done for us and called us to, he says, let him face the divine wrath of God. And then he repeats it just so you know that he meant what he said. Paul says, I want you to know that this is not just a different theological view, but it is an attack against God and his church. And he saw it, church, as a great threat, threat. As this was coming, not from those outside of the church, but those who claim to be in it. Paul saw this as one of the greatest dangers for the church. In fact, uh, theologian John Stott says, the, the two chief characteristics of, of the false teachers are that they were troubling the church and changing the gospel. These two go together. To tamper with the gospel is always to trouble the church. You cannot touch the gospel and leave the church untouched because the church is created and lives by the gospel. Indeed, the church's greatest troublemakers now as then are not those outside who oppose, ridicule, and persecute it, but those inside who try to change the gospel. Church, this very thing rings so true today as there are so many who claim to believe, who claim to be followers of Christ, but who look to distort the gospel. And so I ask you, who are you listening to today, church? How careful are you about the messages that you are taking in? Because there are so many voices out there today that want to truly pull you from the truth of God and his kingdom community, people who claim to be influences, influencers and, and voices for the church, but who are preaching distorted gospels, messages that are not gospels at all, but messages that are, are truly compromises of comfort, worldly comfort. That sways you to place yourself back under the curse of sin. Comforts that leave you to give yourself over to, to sexual passions and desires. Comforts, church, that lead you uh, uh, to, to a dependence on, on drugs and alcohol. 
Comforts that lead to racism and division. Comforts, church, that leads to separation and isolation. Comfort that leads you to believe that you are the wisest person that you know. Church, I pray that we will truly take a deep look into our hearts this morning and ask ourselves, where am I being enticed? Are there ways that seem subtle that I have allowed to entice my mind and my heart to believe something other than what God has given us in his word? Voices that have allowed or caused me to, to sway from the Lord that, that I have experienced, from the joy of the Lord that I have experienced, and, and the kingdom community that I have come to know. Ask yourself, have I truly trusted and believed the gospel message that it might truly change my life? Not just internally, church, but, but externally and, and my life communally. Some of you might not have ever believed this gospel message. If that's you, I want you to know that God, God desires to be with you. He desires to be in relationship with you. He desires to, to free you that you might find true joy and, and freedom today. And he is calling for you to hear his truth and, and believe it, to repent and turn from your sinful ways that you, you might be removed from the old evil age and, and brought into his glorious kingdom and become part of his kingdom community. If that's you, got a chance today to repent and turn to him. I pray that you will. In fact, I prayed it all this morning, all last night. And also, some of you might have believed this gospel, but now have realized that you, you might have been enticed or, or swayed from the truth of it, I want you to know that you don't have to be deserted from God, but you have the opportunity today to, to turn back to him, to receive his love and, and his grace and his joy. He's still there waiting for you with open arms. You don't have to keep running to your sins and your passions. You don't have to run to your desires and your comforts. Please, today, run to him and find hope in him. Jesus knows everything that you're wrestling with. He knows everything that you have struggled with, and you can turn to him and confess it all. And so I would encourage you all to, if that's you, repent today. And turn back to him who has called you into his marvelous grace. Turn back to his truth and his gospel community that he might strengthen you and keep you from falling. By his grace and through his grace to which he has called you that you, that you might find rest in him for all your days. Look deep inside this morning, church. And ask yourself those questions that you might truly follow in the good and glorious ways of his great gospel. Amen, church.
Let us pray.